It's January the 25th, 2012. I'm Mike Benedetti. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Today on the show, we're covering School Committee 101 with Worcester School Committee Vice Chair Tracy Note. Tracy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? I am doing okay. So, as people who've watched the show before know, the School Committee is something which is always a mystery to me in many aspects. And I've often asked Tracy to explain the School Committee. And, um, but today on the show, we're going to just really take it back to basics, uh, take it back to square one and talk about what is this thing, the Worcester School Committee, and what is it about and how does it work? And potentially, why should you care? Um, because that's always a pressing issue, particularly on this show. And I'm just going to make sort of like gagging noises in the background while you talk about this. Tracy, <laughs> tell me about the school committee. <clears throat> um... The school committee is the elected board that oversees education in the city of Worcester. Okay. So there are six of us who are elected to serve on the school committee. The mayor serves as chair of the school committee in addition to serving as mayor of the city council. Okay. Something that's a little different on our school committee that, um, than, there, than it is on other committees. The mayor doesn't have any additional power as a member. He is simply a seventh vote and, and okay. serves as chair. Um, he also then appoints people to subcommittees. But other than that... He's, he's an additional vote, and, okay. and that's it. Um, <clears throat> all of the members of the Worcester School Committee are elected at large, so they represent the entire city. There are no district um, school committee members. People might remember that was an issue in the last election. Right. So if you have an issue, you can come to any of us because any of us represent anyone any, anywhere in the city of Worcester. Okay. Um, we run on a city schedule, so we're elected every two years. We just were elected in November. People might remember we had a little bit of an exciting time there with a recount. Which, yes. Um, uh, just was settled in December, and um, <clears throat> and you guys, so you guys oversee the public schools for the city for the city, which is a huge amount part of the city budget. Yes, it's like a big. There's like a lot of teachers. There's a lot of buildings. Sure, it's a big yeah. Thing. So I think probably part of of what people sometimes in getting their heads around um, with the school with the Worcester schools is it's sort of like these buildings. Unless you have kids in the system, there's sort of these buildings that you pass and like those buses that take up space in the neighborhood and like I always think of Jeff Barnard doing the oh gosh the schools are in back in session we now have traffic jams again right. report um, the Worcester Public Schools serve 24,000 students um, we are growing at the rate of about 200 students a year oh, really? at the elementary level okay. um, so it's actually a system that's getting bigger again we had gone through a small decline but now we're back up again um, there are 44 schools in 50 buildings there are um, 3,800 employees or thereabouts. We're hmm. either the second or the third largest employee in the city of Worcester, depending on whether you combine or separate UMass and its medical school. Okay. $330 million budget. About uh, two-thirds of the city budget is actually the Worcester Public School budget. Okay. Of the Worcester Public School budget, however, two-thirds of the Worcester Public School budget actually comes from the state, and the other third comes from the federal government and from the city government. So while it is a big chunk of the city budget, it isn't actually city funds by and large. Okay, it's mostly federal funds. Mostly state funds. Mostly state funds, okay. Yeah, when, when Massachusetts, Massachusetts actually did two things around school funding. We passed Proposition 2.5 back in the 80s, people might remember, which means that you can't actually increase property taxes more than 2.5% a year unless you have some sort of an override. Um, at, shortly thereafter, well, in terms of cosmic time, I guess, we passed a new funding formula for the schools and put more of the responsibility on funding education on the state. Okay. So most, um, in particular, urban districts are largely funded by the state government in Massachusetts. 
Um, in terms of what the school committee actually does, the budget is actually a big thing of what we do. We are the financial oversight for the Western Public School System. Um, money that is spent is voted by us. Um, no money is moved without going through us. And you guys have line item control over that yes, budget? Yes, which um, is different from the city council. So we actually do literally control our budget. The city council on the city side can decrease their budget, but they can only decrease the overall budget. They actually can't decide that they want more money here or there. Wait, so you're saying that for you're, you're talking about for the you're talking about for the for the non schools part of the budget. Yes. The city council is presented with a budget. Yes. By like the city manager. Yes. And then the city council says either we don't we want to spend less money or more money. They can't say we want to spend more money. <clears throat> they can say this budget is too big. They can't say this budget is too small. Or, so they can basically say, this budget is okay, or we're going to decrease this budget. Yes. And that's their decision. Yes. Whereas you guys are like going through like... We can we say, we want to spend less money on... Pencils. Pencils and more money on whatever. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, now, there are parts of it that actually aren't really under our control. There are things we're required to do. So right. if we get a grant, it has to go in particular places. We're required by state law... Um, for there to be particular levels of funding for particular kinds of kids, and those actually follow the kids to those schools. Right. Obviously, all of the contractual stuff is decided elsewhere, so we've already right. decided how much we're going to pay teachers and how much we're going to pay for health insurance and all of those kinds of things. Right. But yes, we actually do, in our budget hearings, go line by line, and we can say we want to spend less on athletics or we want to spend more on this or more on that, and we move money around, and that okay. happens about every time. Okay. So um, to... Um, in that aspect, we are actually we have great, greater authority and greater oversight than the city council does when it comes to budgeting. Mm -hmm. Other than that, which is sort of like, what do you do the rest of the time? Um, we're basically the board of directors for the school system. So when it comes to day-to-day -day operations, that's the superintendent, that's the staff that works for the superintendent, that's the principals. Um, we don't have anything to do with that. That so, actually is a fairly recent change. Oh, really? Yes. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say for for people who are aware for people who are aware of like corporate situations or nonprofit situations, yes. you guys are like the board of directors. We're the board of directors, and the superintendent is like the executive. Exactly, and the that show. is actually tends to be the relationship that we actually have with the superintendent. Right. Of she comes back in, she says, "Here's what's going on. Here are the things you guys should know about." When it comes to setting general direction for the school system, that's our job. Mm -hmm. When it comes to you know, a boiler just broke, or um, we need three new teachers, or that kind of stuff, that's all the superintendent. And in contrast to the city council, which I think de facto is more or less a group of advisors and assistants to the city manager, mm -hmm. you guys, like, actually get into it with the... Like, there, like there has been criticism of the superintendent come out of the school committee. Yes. So it's, like, less of a... It's less of a, like... Yeah, again, it's like it's it, there's more of a like we're going to give direction to the superintendent. Right. And I think that um than there is with the the city manager and the city council, which is theoretically a similar thing, but it has, should be. has had a very different dynamic. It has. And I think that has probably <clears throat> varied depending on the council and the manager and depending on the school committee and the and the superintendent because right. there have been school committees in the past that haven't had that relationship with the superintendent. Okay. Um but yeah, in terms of like, you know, in, at the end of the day, um, another responsibility we have is to to hire, to fire, to evaluate the superintendent, and also to we also hire um, several other members of her staff. Mm -hmm. um, so that's actually another primary responsibility we have of of how's she doing, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of oversight of the school system. Um, and so yeah, that also falls under falls under our purview. There's also a bunch of like weird things which you could call general superintendency duties that are ours because we function not only under the city charter, 
but also under state law. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of ways in state law has changed over the last several decades. There's sort of like little pieces of things that we do that don't necessarily connect to anything else. We hire the director of nursing. Okay, that's fine. Okay. It's a good thing to have input on. There's not really a lot of reason, yeah. if you look at what the rest of what we do, why we would have to do that. We do. Okay. We hire the special education director. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, if you look at some of the other things we do, we hire the, 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 the financial officer, the business officer. All right, well, we're in charge of budget. Mm. Okay, that makes some sense. Um, but there definitely are some. We also review curriculum. Um, so we're the ones who make the decision about what textbooks we're going to be using for the math. Or are we going to go in this particular direction when it comes to educating kids around history or those kinds of things? That's all under our purview as well. Oh, yeah. Um, in that case, to, to go sort of American history on you, I liken it to the sort of where with the argument in the Constitution around where do you want decision-making power to be? There are some that you want to be as close to the people as possible. You want the people to be deciding what actually needs to happen in their school system, what are kids learning, how, you know, what is important about what they're learning. That's why it gets, it gets put to us rather right. than put to the administrative branch. Okay. And we should talk about these site councils here in a second, but let's, <laughs> but let's keep going. <laughs> Um, the only other thing I would say is that much like the city council, we have subcommittees, um, and they tend to function fairly informally in terms of being places where people can come and ask questions and give input and raise issues that have come up to them. So you're Um, saying that if, you're saying that if, if people in the city have an issue with this or that, they could actually go to a subcommittee meeting mm -hmm. and they were, there would actually be like a place for public comment there. As long as it was something that was on the agenda. And then the other okay. thing I should say is that if it's if there's something that is, is not happening that should be, mm-hmm. we um, have a, a section on our agenda which deals with public comment. We actually, or it's not called public comment, but you can petition the school committee for time to speak. Where, do you, where do you have your meetings? <laughs> we hide them away. No, I, we um, generally... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. We meet in the city ca- in the same chamber that the city council does every other okay. Thursday. Okay. With the parking garage being redone, um, we are currently meeting at Worcester Technical High School. Okay. On in the Thurs- conference room. On Thursdays. On every other Thursday. The okay. first and third Thursdays of the month. Okay. Um, with the exception of school vacation weeks. Sure. The, um, but the subcommittees tend to meet in the administration building, which is 20 Irving Street. This There's is a kind of down, conference room downtown-ish. On the fourth floor. Right. So if you know where All Saints Church is, it's the building next door that looks like a castle. It's the old classical high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that tends to be where our subcommittees are. If you're interested in school buildings, by the way, I'll do a little advertisement. We do have a subcommittee meeting jointly with the city council's uh, education committee. Mm-hmm. The finance and operations committee is going to be meeting at Doherty at 7 o'clock on February... 15th um so that's sort of like an off-site we're doing it because we're talking about buildings kind of thing this is especially for people who are interested in just like preservation of worcester school buildings and well and how we're fixing them because there's been um we've actually spent a bunch of money on um capital stuff in the last couple of years there's been a bunch of work that's been going on in buildings of rehabbing bathrooms and going through and repainting and fixing floors and those sorts of things and Mm -hmm. also we on the school side, along with the cooperation of the council, just sent in a whole bunch of submissions to the state building authority um, asking for bigger stuff. Yeah. Boilers, roofs, windows, completely rebuilding a new Nelson place, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So um, all of that. And that always has to involve the city council because the city council is actually the whole keeper of the pocketbook when it comes to our capital expenditures. So we do our operation stuff, but when it comes to we need to go buy a new, you know, snowplow mm-hmm. or we need to buy a new boiler for Roosevelt, that's them. 
The city council has to approve those. City council has to approve those. And is that that money is not that money comes from that again that mixture of federal, state, and local money? No, that actually that well that comes out of the city budget. Um, so it isn't actually that same mixture of the operation side. Oh really? Okay. Yes. So so that's local money, or that's local money, or wherever the city wherever has the gotten city it from some grant or something. Right, or state money. I mean, the city runs. I forget what their percentage is, but there's a substantial portion of city coffers that are state is state funds as well. Okay. Which is why everybody starts paying attention when the governor talks about local aid. So operations wise, you guys are the the restaurants are you guys. The, operations wise, the schools are financially. You have a lot of control over your financial destiny and capital-wise less? Um, to a certain extent, although then the thing that I would argue is that there's a lot of money that comes with a lot of strings that we get. So we get $40 million in grants a year. That's in the $330 million. Um, most of that money is already tied up in some way. It's Title I, which is extra teachers in classrooms of high-poverty neighborhoods. It's, um, special, it's IDEA, which is special education funding for special education teachers and um, instructional assistance. Right. It's um, the school nutrition money, which pays for all of our free and reduced lunches. Right. So a lot of the money. Somebody gave this. This money was provided for a reason. It's not yes. just discretionary. Like, oh great, we have fifty million dollars. Let's do whatever. Let's, exactly. There's okay. not a lot of do whatever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, in terms of this, to, to finish up with subcommittees, um, there is the finance and operations subcommittee, which is not only the money stuff, but also the building stuff. Mm -hmm. Teaching, learning, and student supports, which is all of the curriculum, um, special education, English language learning, all of that kind of stuff. Um, governance and employee issues, which is um, anything where we have to talk to the state legislature or the national government, and also anytime we have to talk to our employees. Okay. By the way, we actually negotiate um, the contracts in the school system, mm -hmm. not the superintendent, which also is another difference from the city side. City manager negotiates contracts on the city side. Okay. And then accountability um, and student, um, accountability and research? Anyway, where we do all of the testing and all of the, the data review kinds of things. Okay, okay. But you want to talk about site councils. Well, I, so I want to ask about site councils because I, so first, so we've talked about on the show a certain amount about neighborhood councils. Neighborhood yes. councils is a provision of the city charter whereby people in a neighborhood could get a certain number of signatures on a petition. They could take this to the city council. They could say, listen, our neighborhood wants to be like its own kind of political entity. Here's the dividing lines we think there should be between our neighborhood and other neighborhoods. We'd like to have a council, and then the city council can approve this, and then they can ha this neighborhood can have its own little council, which can potentially have some relationship to the city council and to the city business at large. And this does not exist right now, and um, people have been working on it for a long time, trying to make it a political reality. It's not a political reality. On the school's side, though, there actually are these site councils. It was such a good idea that they already did it. What, what are these? What are, what are, what are the site councils? Um... <clears throat> when the Education Reform Act went through in 1993, which was like this big overhaul that Massachusetts did of, an ed of its education system, mm -hmm. part of what was supposed to be happening was that there was a migration of power from the district level down to the school level. Okay. Now, that has only worked in some ways. But one of the th ideas was that if you were going to give the principal a whole bunch more responsibility and power, he needed a group of advisors, or she he, did. He or she. Yes, although I think at the time that Ed Reform passed, it probably was largely... Men. Okay. That definitely is changing, particularly mm -hmm. in, um, in elementary school. Um, actually, in Worcester, it's changing in high school, too. I shouldn't say that. <coughs> in any case, the notion was that the principal would have monthly meetings with a group of advisors that were taken from the school community. Mm -hmm. And that site council together 
would do things like review the school budget because mm-hmm. the school has to submit a budget to the district. Okay. They would together set policy for that school. And okay. they also together would be dealing with whatever issues came up. You know, was there a problem with parking when there was snow? Was there a problem, you know, were the kids not actually getting enough of X, Y, or Z? How are you sorting out things? So on the site councils, there's representation from the teachers, from the parents, from the community, so a commun- an outside neighborhood or community member. And at the secondary level, there's also required to be a student who sits on the site council. How many people are on the site council? Um, there's usually somewhere around six or seven. Okay. Um, however, they are public meetings. They're publicly posted. Okay. They're required to be posted 48 hours in advance. They're required to be open to the public. Mm-hmm. And anyone can go to any site council meeting. And cool. if anyone ever tells you any different, you should complain to one of us because it's not, <laughs> not supposed to be true. How, how, do, how do these... So, first of all, who, what do you call the people who are representatives to the site councilors? Site councilors? You could call them site councilors. I don't know that anyone ever calls them much of anything. <laughs> people usually are running around trying to figure out who they are and when they meet. How do they get on the site council? Um, it depends on the school. Okay. Generally, the notion is supposed to be that they're elected so that if you were a parent, you would say, I'd like to be a site counselor, and then a ballot would go out to the parents and you would vote. Um, and something similar tends to happen, is supposed to happen with the teachers. In some cases, it actually tends to be somebody raised their hand and said, I'll be on the site council. Okay. Um, also, in some cases, principals pick them. So, there, so there's not like a standard or a very bureaucratic no, way there isn't. on this. This is a thing where if you sort of showed up a lot and talked to the right people, you could probably get on it? There's a possibility, particularly um, some of the schools are really always looking for community members because yeah. it is, I mean, it's a time commitment and you're doing something kind of different. Some of the schools have done an excellent job in terms of tying themselves really into their neighborhoods and some, some have struggled with that. Do they actually have like an election of the people in the neighborhood for like who can be the community representative? Or no, in- those people tend to either be someone the principal has a relationship with or someone who sort of is at the school all the time anyway. So this, so this sounds, I mean, is this, would you say that this is mostly just because there's not a lot of, um, what do I want to say? There's, there's not enough applicants for this that people feel like they need to have an election? Right. Okay. So potentially if somebody wanted to get on the site council and they felt like they couldn't, they could push this issue a little bit and Probably. force some kind of an election to see who is going to be the actual person on the site council. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these, so this, I don't know, this just seems like shockingly informal to me, <laughs> the way that this, that this is being done. Well, it's not, um, because there was so much stuff that happened in 93, I mean, we got the MCAS, we rewrote the frameworks, we redid how we do the budget. Right. The site councils, I think, got this sort of like, oh yeah, it was something else we needed to do. And some principals are doing just a huge, excellent job with it, where they have mm-hmm. regular elections, they have regular meetings, they report out to the parent meeting, they actually put the stuff in the newsletter. You know, the students actually have input, all this other kinds of stuff. And some principals either don't have them functioning or are struggling with getting them implemented. Because, mm. I mean, you know, how do you get parents who are going to show up all the time? It's an extra thing that the teachers have to do. Where do you actually go find a community member? All of those kinds of right. things. Right. Okay. What, and, and do this... I can understand why a principal would, in general, want to get along well with the site council. Because yes. it would make them look bad if they didn't. Yes. Are they... Re- is there any sort of requirement that the principal... Because, I mean, the, the principal has the power here, right? The site councilors are um, just talking to the principal publicly? They largely are, are only advisory, yes. Okay. So so if, so if there was some sort of thing where the site council and the principal were butting heads, it would make the principal look bad, but it wouldn't... The principal's not required to listen no, to No, except... Them. And this is where things get interesting. We have just gone through a change um, in how we're going to evaluate teachers. But the thing that's not getting as much press is it also is going to change how we evaluate administrators. And one of the four things that administrators are going to be evaluated on is um, family and community engagement. Mm. 
site councils are, are part of that, right. right? How are you getting your parents in? How are you engaging with the community? So I f- would suspect that there could very well be some tension in terms of how well are you reporting back to your community and how much is your community actually engaged in how the school is functioning? Hmm. I, I, I think it's interesting that the schools... What do I want to say? I think it's interesting that the schools have... I guess that there's two things that on this show we've often complained about vis-a-vis the city council, and one of them has been like lack of responsiveness to citizen concerns, which may be something like a, you know neighborhood councils would remedy, and the other one has been uh, subservience to the city manager. Mm-hmm. And it seems like on the school side, whatever political problems there are on the school side, these are two things where the schools are actually doing a little bit better from that sense, in, 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 in the sense that there's more of a sense of like, the school committee directing the well, executive, and, the and that there, and, the, and that you actually have like the equivalent of neighborhood councils, right? And some of those, some of those are working better than others. I think there probably are ones where parents really do feel like they could show up and say, "Hey, this is an issue. We really need to fix it." Um, in the other cases, parents, rather than going to a site council, will simply come to a school committee member. because there's that sense that like this, uh, this site council at this school is not really making yes. anything happen. Right. So this is not a reasonable way to work through. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I don't know. At least in some cases, though, that's an option. It but is there, an option. And I mean, it's, a, it's an, and the other thing is that, is that much like we talked about with the neighborhood, it's an excellent idea. And, and where it's functioning, it's, it's a great idea. Because that way the teachers don't have this thing about, like, why aren't we spending more on supplies? Well, somebody who represents them has already seen the supply budget and can say, mm-hmm. we need to be spending more on this or less on this. The same thing with the, the parents, you know, who are saying, well, why is X, Y, or Z happening? You've actually looked, somebody has looked at the budget and it is, again, a public meeting. So just because you're not on the site council, you certainly can go. And there's no reason why you can't say, I've got a question. Can someone please do this? Awesome. Okay. What else, what else do we have on the, on the, for, the, uh, for the school committee 101 that we need to talk about? Um, I mean, the other thing that I would say is that um, we are, though it's not a formal part of our, our um job description, much like counselors, we are kind of the, the end of the line. We're the, the, the place where, um, where if you've gone all the way up the ladder, you, you end up with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do take phone calls from people who are struggling with all kinds of stuff, from parents who are having issues at particular schools who don't feel like they're being heard, for people who don't know where to go with a concern. Um, and also, all of those other things that we do we get input on. So we're just starting our budget process. There's stuff that we ought to be either spending more or less on or that we don't know about that we should. Those are the kinds of phone calls and emails we should be getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I can say pretty firmly that that's something that, that everyone on school committee listens to. That you know everybody looks at their email, everybody answers their phone calls. Um, we don't really have anybody who's, who's not interested in hearing from what, what people are, are thinking. School committee is also notable because, at least in this most recent election, the uh, the the last like the the last person to get on the school committee was decided by a relative handful of votes. Yes. So I can understand why there would be a great com- competition amongst many <laughs> school committee members to be responsive because uh, <laughs> there's a, there there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of strong challengers. Yes. To the school committee. Well, and and that's something I think is helpful. Also, I mean, there's there are these sort of truisms that float around in Worcester politics, right? <clears throat> you have to have a lot of money, or you have to be related to so many people or you have to work your way up through the city committees or you have to whatever and I 
and you know one can never defeat an, an incumbent right well, all of those things i think were shown to be true right? or less than true um on the school committee on the school committee yeah. that that it is possible to defeat an incumbent you know some of us ran with very little money again mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, most of us are not related to thousands of people across the city and um you know in terms of working your way up i think that that um on the school side, it tends to more be that people have made contacts through PTOs or through CPACs or those sorts of things, rather than um, rather than the sort of poli- more political process. Hmm. What am I not answering? I think you've answered everything. Okay. I think we're doing great on time too. There's really no there's really no special news this week in Worcester. So this is our show this week, School Committee One Hundred and One. If you've got questions, please. Send them to us at pieandcoffee at gmail.com. Tracy Novick is like all over the internet. She's always like live blogging school committee meetings and being like ultra transparent about this stuff. So I'm sure you can get a hold of her. But if you got questions you want us to ask her because uh, you think she's going to ignore your email or because you're just too rude of a person to be able to write a nice polite email, send us the rude email and we'll, we'll give the polite version to her on a future show. Um, or just talk to these school committee people in general. They're around. They're not hard to find. Thanks for watching the show. Tracy, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Mike. And we will be back next week on 508, presumably with more uh, complaining about local issues. Thanks for watching.